helped defend the church by becoming a supporter of Family Life International. Family Life International presents Father Nicholas Grace of the Institute of the Incarnate Word. To learn more about the Institute, go to www.ive.org. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Great crowds accompanied Jesus on his way, and he turned and spoke to them. If any man comes to me without hating his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, and his own life too, he cannot be my disciple. Anyone who does not carry his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And indeed, which of you here, intending to build a tower, would not sit first down and work out the cost to see if he had enough to complete it? Otherwise, if he had laid the foundations and then found himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers would all start making fun of him, saying, Here is a man who started to build and was unable to finish. Or again, what king marching to war against another king would not first sit down and consider whether with 10,000 men he could stand up to the other who advanced against him with 20,000? If not, then while the other king was still a long way off, he would send envoys to sue for peace. So in the same way, none of you can be my disciple unless he gives up all his possessions. This is the gospel of the Lord. Jesus' teaching today is about real Christian discipleship, principally the cross, or the ability to bear the cross, to bear one's burdens for the love of our neighbor, because we love our God. This is an important aspect of the faith that we'd like to talk about today. Using two of the very important texts or messages that Jesus gave us in the gospel today. The first text, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, even in my own self, he cannot be my disciple. That's super strong, right? Two things to have clear though. What Jesus does not mean by this and what Jesus does mean by this. Otherwise, it's a very, very powerful statement. What he does not mean is that we're not meant to take this absolutely, completely, literally. Remember, Jesus is talking to Eastern people in an Eastern culture and their way of making important points was to use very, very vivid images. You remember other occasions when Jesus made statements like this. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Even today, every one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. Friends, 
Clearly, Jesus is not asking us to mutilate our bodies or to become destitute overnight. No. What he means by the expression that he made is that we are never to love with the same intensity, on the same level, those things nearest and dearest to ourselves, like family and friends, in the same way that we love God. The English translation isn't good. The word here is hate. If anyone does not hate his mother and father, brothers and sisters. In Greek, the word is loveless. So it's really out of place, that translation. And this makes sense. Because Jesus is here obviously reiterating the teaching of Moses, the teaching of the Old Testament. You'll remember it. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Total love. In other words, everything else has to be second best. What does Jesus mean, though? He means that every time he's going to make an extremely important point, the most important of points, he's going to use this type of language, and we need to be ready for it. He means that he suffered the same problem back then that we suffer now. I mean, there was many people that followed Jesus around, but weren't really his disciples. There were many people that curiously looked after his miracles, but weren't really his disciples. There were many that were hangers-on, that had agendas, but weren't really his disciples. Friends, we have a similar problem in the church we live in today. In fact, it's probably the great pain that all of us experience. How many Catholics are there out there, baptized Catholics, who on a Sunday would rather play all day than pray? Play a little bit, but also pray. How many baptized Catholics out there who on a Sunday would rather work than worship? Some people have to work on some Sundays. That's fair enough. But other people would rather work. They'd rather do anything than sit down and worship the Lord. Too many people, friends, are believers, but not disciples of Christ, not true students of Christ. You know, there was a university professor, famous, and one day one of his colleagues met him in the canteen, and he said, I'm just after bumping into such and such, and he tells me that he was a student of yours. University professor responds, hold on a minute there. That young man came to my lectures, but he was no student of mine. Remember what Jesus said. Many of you will say on the last day, Lord, Lord, did we not do things in your name? And the Lord will respond, I do not know you. See, friends, there's a lot of so-called believers that aren't true disciples of Christ. Is there any way to distinguish real disciples of Christ? Separate the men from the boys, the Christians from the curious. I think our Lord gave us the answer today. It's the cross, how people bear their cross. Some avoid the cross. Others take it, but then leave it behind. But some lift it up with courage. 
Obviously, those who avoid the cross are at the very least unfaithful to our Lord. Those who leave it are at the very least negligent. But those who lift it up with courage are true-hearted, are true disciples. Now, I think everybody will agree with this statement if we listen to the words that Jesus also said later on in the Gospel. Whoever does not carry his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Fair question, though. So that this doesn't just remain in theory, in the fantastical words of how I'd like to be a Christian, but in practical terms, how do we bear our cross? There's many ways. I'll just name three briefly today. One, this has a lot to do with ourselves. And it's actively choosing a cross. Actively choosing to, in a lighter way, crucify ourselves with Christ. For example, doing penance. Some people will deny their body, their flesh, their pleasures of some surplus pleasure. Some people might eat meat on a Friday. Some people might sleep a little bit less sometime so they can pray a little bit more. That's why we have the lovely tradition of late night vigils in the church. Hmm? A second way, this is more difficult, this is in fact the most difficult. It's bearing the cross by accepting the difficulties and sufferings of life that come upon us that God either sends us or permits us to endure, like the case of Job, like the case of those who have physical illness or even a bereavement in the family. They're crosses. Finally, though, a beautiful way to bear our cross is to help our neighbours bear theirs, to take the sufferings of our neighbours upon ourselves as our own. This is the essence of true Christian compassion. There's a beautiful story which illustrates this, and with this we'll go towards the end. There's a little boy, Johnny, and his sister's very ill. The doctor tells him, if your little sister doesn't receive a blood transfusion very quickly, she's going to die. Problem is, Johnny, She's a very rare blood type. And you have that rare blood. Can you make that sacrifice for her? Now Johnny is a little boy. His hands were trembling. His lip was shaking. But finally he was able to respond, She's my sister. I love her. I'll do it for her. They were led into the emergency room. The plastic tube was hooked up from Johnny's vein to little Mary's vein. And as the blood drained out of his body, so did his strength. But finally he had enough strength to turn to the doctor and say, Doctor, when do I die? Friends, this blood transfusion wasn't going to bring about Johnny's death. But he thought that it was. He thought that in order to save his sister's life, he had to give up his own. And even though he's a little boy, he was willing to pay the price. He had real compassion for her because he really loved her. 
If we really love God, we'll be able to have that compassion for our brothers and sisters. We'll be able to bear their crosses as our own. Of course, and with this I'll conclude, in the Christian way, we're not most of us going to be asked to give up our blood for Christ as Johnny did for his sister. But we're all asked to be willing to give it up, to be willing to pay the personal costs of carrying the personal crosses that our blessed Lord has chosen for each and every one of us. That's why it's very convenient to turn to our Blessed Lady in times of difficulty, asking her the grace to persevere in this difficult but noble undertaking. Knowing full well through the teaching of the saints that the pain of the cross becomes like pleasure, as St. Therese says, that the sourness of the cross becomes sweet, that even the great load of the cross becomes weaker the more our love for Christ becomes stronger. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today.